Warning. Crime Convo features potentially triggering content about real-life crimes. There will be content such as violence, crimes against children, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and death. Listener and parental discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to Crime Convo. Come and join the conversation. My name is Alyssa. I'm Destiny. And I'm Nikki. All right, guys. So today we are going to be talking about a very dark and sad and sinister tale. Um, It is the Carnation Massacre. Which, for those of you that don't know, Carnation is a town in Washington. I don't know exactly where, though. Um, wanted to stick to something local, but it's before by a full city. I don't know where that is either. Cool. Before we get started, let's crack open our drinks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ready, set, go. Today I'm drinking. Don't judge me. Bud Light Seltzer. It's the Sangria Splash. I've got just got a watermelon. White claw. White claw raspberry. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Cheers. All right. I'm drink this to settle ourselves in here. Yep, yep. All right. So before we get into it, um, there were a couple of things that we said that we were going to clarify from the first episode as far as facts and details. Um, so first things first, the Jeffrey Dahmer conversation. We were talking about whether his victims' families um, got any payments from the new TV show, which they did not. Um, the victims' families are actually suing the director of that show for a share of the profits. Um, and little fact, it is the same lawyer that represented eight of the families in the original case um, that is representing those same families in this case. Um, so, not so great. Um, and then... The Lacey Peterson case, there was a lot of details, which maybe we'll have to do an episode on her later. Um, There were details that we wanted to confirm. It was in California. It was in Modesto. She went missing um, December 24th, 2002. On April 13th, 2003, the baby was found April 14th. Lacey was found. Both of them were decomposing. Um, The pathologist in the case said that Connor Peterson was more intact than Lacey, most likely because the baby was protected by the mother's body. Um, So he concluded that that baby Connor died in utero. Um, There was no postmortem injuries. Um, Lacey was missing her head, arms, most of her legs and her internal organs, except her uterus, which was interesting. Um, Destiny and I had a thing. We, what Scott Peterson told his girlfriend at the time was that he lost his wife. And this was his first Christmas without her. That's what he said. He lost his wife. Um, he was arrested April 8th. I know. He was arrested April 18th. Um, he was arrested on his way to go golfing because he's so sad that his wife and son were found murdered. Whatever. Um, on November 2004, he was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder. December 13th, 2004, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. And then August 24th of 2020, a 7-0 to decision to uphold the conviction but remove the death penalty. So he's serving life in prison. So, yeah, with that, those were details that we wanted to confirm and go over uh, since our first episode. But let's get into it. So... The time is uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve of 2007. So we are looking at the Anderson family. So there was the father, Wayne Anderson, who was 60. Um, The mother, Judy Anderson, who was 61. Um, Wayne was an engineer at Boeing, actually, in the Everett facility for 27 years. Um, And then Judy worked at the post office in Carnation. Uh, They had lived in Carnation since 1980. They moved from California. They had three children, Scott, 32, um, Michelle, and Mary. So Mary is actually Judith's daughter. Mary is the oldest. Um, But Wayne was such a wonderful human that he actually officially adopted her at the age of five when he married Judy. 
sweet. Yeah, it was. Very there was. Sweet. I was watching the court hearing, and and she was talking about how you know they. Her mom, Judy, approached her and was like, so do you, you know, do you want him to be your daddy? And she was like, heck, yeah. It was really oh, cute. Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah. Cute. Oh, my gosh. That's adorable. I know. I know. So Scott was the middle child and Michelle was the baby. Um, so Scott married Erica. So she became Erica Anderson in Las Vegas in 1999. Whoop, whoop. Uh, they were high school sweethearts, which adorbs so cute um they met when they were 17 so erica was six months or so older than scott they owned a home in black diamond and they had two children olivia who was age five she was starting kindergarten um they were talking in the court about her loving horses and everything about horses she's super cute and then nathan who was three who was the sweetest little boy i mean Name any three-year-old that's not the sweetest little kid ever. Um, True. So their property in Carnation was just gorgeous. Like, they had a ton of land. It was really hilly. It was wooded. Like, neighbors were super far away. So they had, like, so much space to do whatever they wanted. Um, They had a trailer on the property um, that did have its own address, but it was technically on their land. So now we get into the nitty gritty, not so great details. Um, so hey, let me take another drink. Here. All right, right. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, the middle daughter, um, had stated that she was having money issues with her brother Scott. Um, apparently, according to her, she had loaned him somewhere in the realms of forty thousand um, dollars in the in years prior that he hadn't paid back. Um, I think she said that she hadn't given him money for like two years before this had happened. Um, but obviously their relationship was not better. It didn't get better. It got worse. Just (laughs) oof. Yeah. I mean, mean, what is he doing for a living that he can just willy nilly give out? That's the thing. That's the thing is I don't think it actually was $40,000. I think it was. Could have been though. Like. I don't know. That's a lot of money, though. Like that's a that's lot. Like somebody's salary for that's, a year. Yeah, that's literally how much some people make in a whole year. I I don't I don't think. I mean, whatever. That's what and she said. Just willy nilly giving it to your sister, right? Her oh, brother no. Michelle was giving it to her brother Scott. Which, from what that's I gathered, from what I gathered, wow. I mean, I have not seen anything stating whether it is fact or not that she lent him money in the first place let alone the amount of money um so this and is like just basically what she says what happened, she said she loaned him money and, and he wasn't paying it back he never paid her back yeah thousand oh, yeah okay. yeah so now a little a little more details to make it like she's full of shit Um, The whole reason that this really got started is that Michelle was angry at her parents because, number one, they had begun pressuring her to pay rent to live in this trailer on their property, which she and her boyfriend, Joseph, had been living on for a year. Um, And that they were not on her side with the whole money thing. So, I mean, and unfortunately, unfortunately, the... Oh, God, yeah. Unfortunately, the only perspective that we're going to get is hers, which Mm -hmm. obviously there's not. um, It's it's not a good perspective to have. I think Um, it's safe to say that her perspective is very skewed. um, Yeah, I think. Yeah. So. um, So, yeah, she was mad at her parents um, for them basically not being on her side um, with the whole thing. And. You know, she had been talking to um, her sister-in-law, I guess, Mary. um, And I learned just recently, listening to the court proceedings, that um, Mary had uh, probably like a week or so before... Oh, excuse me. She doesn't remember when exactly it was, because mind you, the court happened years later. Um, (laughs) Mary had taken Michelle back from a trip that the family took to Monroe And Michelle was basically expressing to Mary how pissed off at her parents she was and how she wanted to kill them. (laughs) I don't think I ever said I wanted to kill my parents. I definitely said I hate you to them. I hate my mom and then I cried about it because I felt bad. I don't think I ever actually thought about it, but I was like, man, fuck my parents. 
stupid. I, mean, I think we've yeah. been like, oh, I'm so mad at them. Like, you know, I hate you, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's when you're angry, it. hormonal teenager, oh, not yeah. like a grown up who yeah. is obviously just being well, immature and self entitled. Yeah, yeah, she just sounds very entitled to me, like honestly. So yeah, I mean, and yeah. that's that's pretty clear. It just in what happened, the fact that you know she actually did. Um. Anyway, so we're gonna fast forward to December twenty fourth of two thousand seven. Um. So obviously, with it being the holidays, they had a big get together planned. Um. The way it was explained is. You know, the family got together on Christmas Eve uh, because, as you know, those married people know um, when you're married, you have two families. You have to split up seeing both families. So they spent the Christmas Eve with the Andersons and then they spent Christmas Day with Erica's family. Um, So on December 24th of 2007, they had what is called a hang up 911 call, which is what it says um they had a call that they 911 dispatchers determined was from wayne and judy's residence um they didn't hear any speaking but they could hear rustling and screaming in the background which you know super great love that um but they had basically said that it was possible loud noises um they uh tried to call back i think they tried to call back twice uh the first time it um the first time it didn't, it went through, it rang, they didn't leave a voicemail. The second time it went through, it rang, they did leave a voicemail basically saying, hey, this is 911, check in to see if you're okay, we're going to send officers over there and make sure you're okay, whatever. So the deputies responded to the hang up 911 call um, to the wooded property and the property had a very large gate Um, in the main driveway to get into the property and that was closed so the police were basically like okay we can't get in so i guess everything's fine um yeah i guess that there were there was a chain screaming on a call but they didn't hear the call the police didn't hear the call so the police had no reference as to what the call was they just know the dispatchers told them to go do a wellness check and the gate was apparently locked with several locks on it so very clearly they didn't want anybody going in there um so fast forward to december 26th so two days later um a welfare check was called in by judy's co-worker Um, the way it was explained is Judy was very faithful to her job. She showed up every day. She didn't call out if she did. I mean, she made sure that people knew that she wasn't coming. Um, so it was a coworker of hers that, um, had said that she wasn't, she wasn't there. She didn't show up. And apparently this caller, um, stated that they peered into the window of their home and could clearly see two adult and one child's body. So... The police obviously went um, and found the bodies of Wayne, Judy, Scott, Erica, Olivia, and Nathan. Um, so where's Michelle? Where, where's Michelle at? Michelle's not there. Yeah. Where the fuck is that busy? Yeah, where's Michelle? So now she did it. She done did it. <laughs> Now, and, and obviously, obviously, too, there's Mary. Where's Mary? Okay, well, Mary, Mary was, um, she had talked to her mother, Judy, earlier that day and, like, the days before. And, you know, uh, Judy and Michelle, I believe it was the day before on the 23rd, were out shopping. And Michelle was like, oh, is Mary going to be here? Is Mary going to be here? Talking about the um, family get-together that they had planned for Christmas Eve. Well, Mary said, yeah, I'm going to be there. Well, ish happens and mary and her kid got sick so they decided not to go because they didn't want to get the rest of the family sick um so it's it's definitely interesting looking at footage and and interviews of stuff in this case so later that day or later later on the 26th when the police finally realized what was happened and and they had the scene all closed off uh, Michelle and her boyfriend, Joseph McEnroe, showed up to the property. Apparently, they decided to drive to Vegas and get married. Um, and they were going to go to the Anderson home. 
Mm, PSA, they didn't. PSA, they did not go to Vegas and get married. That's just what they said. Yeah. Well, okay. You're not supposed to know that till later. So. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Yeah. So they didn't go to Vegas and get married, but they said they did. And, And the police were talking about how they showed up to the property with like loads of police and like police tape and like news people there they never once asked why any of those people were there they were just like oh hey we just got married what's up like what that's not suspicious <laughs> seriously yeah seriously cops and stuff at your house and you're not asking questions or freaking out because they know what happened so they didn't need to ask obviously oh yeah gosh. So I can guarantee if there were cops and people outside of my house, I'd be like, what the fuck happened? Let me in my house right now. Uh, Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. (laughs) Um, So where's the cats and dogs? (laughs) (laughs) So apparently Michelle had planned to kill her parents with um, the semi-automatic gun that she owned and the revolver that her boyfriend Joseph owned. Um, They had decided to do that on the 24th, according to them. Now, mind you, once they were actually arrested, they were pretty open. Like, they didn't lie about anything, especially Joseph. He was, like, open about everything that happened. Um, So, on the 24th, they loaded up their guns and drove to the Anderson house, which was obviously on the same land, just up a ways. Um, So, what Michelle stated was she was... They were living in the... Trailer, in right? the trailer yeah but michelle the michelle and joseph were living in the trailer on the anderson okay. property that technically had its own address so it was i would assume it was at least far enough away to have its own address but it it had its own address they'd been living okay. there for like from what i recall seeing seven to eight months i've heard a year i mean seven to eight months ain't far from a year um so michelle okay. had stated that she was quote tired of everyone stepping on her Um, She said she told her family that if the problems with her brother did not get resolved by the 24th, then her intent was to kill everybody. This woman. Okay. Wait, who did she say this to? Um, I'm assuming to her family is what she said. She said that she told her family that if the problems with her brother did not get resolved by Christmas Eve, then her intent was to kill everybody. So Michelle and Joe... And they... Okay. Mhm. Right, our problems aren't solved, so I'm just going to kill everyone. Cuz right. that's just the answer, right? right? That's, that's just healthy. the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Super healthy. Clearly her family <laughs> didn't take her seriously cuz who would take their their daughter or their sister seriously if they said that? You know? I mean, I feel like if like if these financial things were like obviously there was something that was a problem. And if a member of my family said, if this shit doesn't get fixed by such and such day, I'm going to kill people. I'd be like, okay, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, do you need help? Do you, do you need a doctor? I'd like, I wouldn't yeah, just be I like. I definitely wouldn't be sticking around. Well, and like, so Mary, the sister, when she testified in court, this conversation obviously came up on a couple of occasions by both the prosecutor and the defense that like you stated to the detectives after they were arrested that you were alone with Michelle and she was talking about how she wanted to kill her dad and she wanted to kill her mom. You know, like, why didn't you say something about it? And honestly, like 2020 is hearsay. So like, you know, you can't, you don't know what you're going to do when you're presented with a situation until you're actually presented with that situation. You know, and she had said, she had Mm -hmm. said basically like, okay, well, you know, she said that, but I didn't think that she was serious. I thought that, you know, she was frustrated. She was upset at the situation. You know, like I, I didn't, I didn't take much of it. I didn't think too much about it. Um, so I mean, there you go. That, that's what that's what it is. There it is. So Michelle and Jill on Christmas Eve, I believe it was about probably four, five ish o'clock, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, they went to the Anderson home. So, obviously, when they got there, um, Wayne and Judy were both there. Um, Joseph had basically taken Judy into another room. What I recall him saying was that he had put a bag over her head. Like, obviously, they had ill intent with being there. Um, And then Michelle fired a shot at her dad, Wayne. 
um, and she missed. And the police did confirm that. So there's obviously some kind of bullet exit hole somewhere. Um, Joe then immediately um, went into the room with Michelle and Wayne. And then Joe fired a shot into Wayne's head with his revolver. Obviously, Judy reacted um, and then Joe responded with a single shot to Judy. He did talk about how Judy began begging. Joe did say that he apologized to her and then shot her. This is this is absolutely heartbreaking to hear. Like, honestly, it really is like the fact that she was like begging and I mean, what anybody else would do. I mean, how could you like continue on after like how could you continue that to- was her mother right mm-hmm. that yeah, was these her parents and- her mom and her dad yeah. judy, this is her mom, family right? yeah judy judy the only child between wayne and judy that was not both of theirs was mary and mary was five when they got married or when they got together so scott and how michelle you look at your mother like the person that gave you life the reason why you exist and like my mom was a freaking well, think crazy about it. lady, but it wasn't never Michelle. In a million years. It wasn't Michelle. It was Joe. Michelle tried oh, to shoot. Right. Okay, yeah. Michelle, Michelle tried. I mean, still, she was involved in it. You know, like the fact that she even had the idea. The yeah, idea that she would. They were actually going to go through with it and actually went through with it. That's just over a whole money. Level. Over money. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she is the one that put him up to it. Obviously. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. He doesn't. Not just going to kill them randomly just because. Like. Well, I mean. I mean, people do, but. But this guy, like, obviously, what probably what happened is she complains about her family and she mm-hmm. says all these things, and he's probably a little messed up up here too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then they come up with this <laughs> plan to, you know, oh, fix yeah. it. When mm-hmm. how does that fix it though? It doesn't. Like it. Oh, I, I would imagine that in their heads, it just removes the problem without okay, even thinking sure. about without even thinking but, about the problem that it yeah. creates. Yeah, it creates the problem of first of all, you ain't never gonna see that money now, and For then real. and then also you were not mad about your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, the all of our money. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Well, like, in grand scheme even... of things, like, does anyone ever really have a valid reason to kill someone else? You know, like, look Man. at all. I mean, they're okay. Hopefully I don't go to jail for this, but there are like if somebody ever did something to my brother to physically hurt him, oh, you are answering to me and it ain't gonna be fun. Facts. You know. You mess with my siblings or my family. Yeah. For, and you know I mean, obviously there there's reasons, you know. Oh yeah, man. there's very few things. For my nieces but... and my nephews, I yep, yeah. I have more than words. Well, and Ruben, which BT dubs, thanks Rubes for recording our disclaimer at the beginning, for those that don't know. That's my husband Ruben. Mm-hmm. Love you. Um, Ruben has always said if something ever happened to me, like, he would go postal, which, for those of you that don't know, the term going postal is not a good thing to say. Do you guys know? Uh, not for, not for Ruben, especially. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to mess with him. That's not a good idea. So, so they have killed Michelle's parents, which... Let's clarify. Joe killed Michelle's parents. Scott and his family um, are obviously not there yet. So where is Michelle when all this is happening? What is she's she in doing? the living room? Like they're in the entry. So he's killing them, and she's doing what? She's just she's, sitting there. Or... I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. Okay, so it doesn't it doesn't clarify she, what she was doing? She tried to kill her dad. She fired a shot at him and missed. And then Joe, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Joe, who had taken Judy into another room, I think he said it was the kitchen. Um, came into the room after hearing the shot. I don't know if if she yelled at him and said something. I don't know if there was any communication between the two of them. But Joe ran into the entry living room with Judy. Well, Judy followed, but Joe ran in there, saw that. Wayne was still alive and I mean I would assume that Wayne is basically like what the fuck what are you doing what why are you doing this what the fuck and without from what I've gathered without hesitation Joe killed him right without hesitation so 
at this point, Scott and his family are not there. So Michelle and Joe are basically like, cool, so let's hide the bodies. So they dragged Michelle's mother and father out of that room into a shed behind the house. And had taken time to, as much as they could, clean up a mess from the bodies. I don't know what exact time it is Scott and his family arrive. What I would imagine is they probably had a conversation about where the parents were. Maybe someone saw something. I don't know. that Those details are not super clear. It's, it's interesting that even to Joe, who was very open about what happened and the details, it wasn't clear to him once... Scott and his wife and his kids arrived. Um, now, was Scott the one that owed her money? Yes. Scott was the brother. Supposedly. The, yeah. yeah. So Scott is the okay. only brother and Scott is the one that Michelle had, according to her, money issues with. Okay. Apparently, Scott had fought with Joe in order to stop them. Um, it's unclear. And this is Joe's words. It's, it's unclear who shot Scott. So he doesn't, Joe doesn't know if it was him. Joe doesn't know if it was Michelle. Um, I've, I will admit I've not listened to a whole lot of Michelle's testimony to, to really get into it. Um, Joe really was like his, his trial was big um, as far as I've seen. So Joe then describes how, um, Scott's Scott is deceased at this point. He doesn't know who shot him. Joe then describes how Michelle had shot Erica. Um, from what I read, Erica had several gunshot wounds. Um, something had happened to Erica basically jumping over the couch. Um, she had gotten a hold of the cordless phone to call 911, which is the 911 hang-up call. Um, okay. As far as the children, um, I don't know where. I know Olivia was close to Erica. So she had jumped behind the couch. She called 911. She hadn't said anything on the phone. Um, Joe took the phone and basically threw it and broke it. And then, Olivia is the five-year-old daughter. Olivia is the five-year-old daughter. Yeah. Um, Erica is the mom. Erica is the mom. Erica is the wife of Scott Anderson. Um, So Joe had then allowed Erica to basically huddle with her children behind the couch. I mean, just imagine being a mom, having your five-year-old daughter and your three-year-old son in a situation that you literally can't do anything. You can't get them out of it. So Joe had, as he said, allowed Erica to huddle with her children. Joe had apologized to Erica as she was literally begging him not to do it, telling him you don't have to do this. And he said, he responded with, quote, yes, we do. Um, Joe admitted, okay, so... I got this detail wrong before. So Joe had admitted that he shot Olivia Olivia after Erica was dead. My apologies. So at the very least, Erica did not have to see her children die. But at the same time, her children children had to see her die. Yeah. He shot a little teared up. Yeah, it's. Yeah, this is like. This is heavy. And just for the the most like crazy stuff I've ever heard. But it's like when there's children involved, it's just like. Yeah. I mean, how can you look at a five-year-old? Yeah. How can you look at a five-year-old? She just started kindergarten. So she's a baby. She's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I and and Nathan, three-year-old. He's three. Three. Yeah. They're they're babies. Little babies. They haven't even got to like experience life at that age. All you know is love and joy. Yeah. You know, and then to be and they're um, probably so confused at that age, and their mom was probably trying to comfort them yeah. at some capacity. Yeah, well, too. And they 
I, I would assume that they know this guy since it's their aunt's boyfriend. Yeah. Maybe not super well, but they've probably at least they either him know him. Like, they either know him as, you know, Uncle Joe, depending just, on how long they've been know, together. It's boyfriend, which either way, they, they probably yeah. have met him and yeah. know him. Well, and everything like, that anybody had ever said, and even from what I've seen, like they were a normal family they all got together on holidays they you know worked with their in-law families to make sure that that the the kids and you know the family got to see everybody they they let their daughter and her boyfriend move in and not charge them rent for however long it was until finally they were like okay like and they had said um i believe it was erica's mom had said, I don't know if if it was with Judy because Erica's mom and Judy had worked together at the post office before. Um, I don't remember if it was Judy that had said it to her mom or if it was Erica, but you know, they had basically said like they wanted to do this to try and make it better, like to try and help their daughter go somewhere because at this point in time, Michelle is unemployed. You know, she's not bringing in any money. Remind me, how old was Michelle? Um. I don't know. I know that Joe was 29. I'm okay, so it's probably safe to say, and I know you're looking it up right now. It's probably safe to say she was in her 20s. Yeah, she was definitely she was in her 20s. Um, let me see. It's funny. There's not been a whole lot on Michelle through this whole thing. Yeah, the main weird. The main except for focus. she was mastermind. Yeah, the well, I mean, obviously she had um she she was the one that wanted to do it. Yeah, maybe I mean, I my may- assumptions then that is if her boyfriend's like 29, she's got to be in her like 20s, maybe early 30s if she's older than him. Um so yeah, it's time to get your She they were girl. they were both 29. So they were my age. They were okay. 29. Yeah. yeah. So get your stuff together, girl. Stop. Oh my god. I okay. I I honestly, I'm calling bullshit right now. I don't think this girl had forty thousand. I don't think so him. either. I don't know what forty thousand dollars looks like to go into anybody. Somebody loan me forty k. Shit. God. For real. I mean, I mean, I uh, I got VMO and uh, all those other accounts. Right. Spot me for cash. Crime convo cash app. Zell. Yeah. <laughs> and just. Wants to give me- <laughs> right. Somebody pay us, please. We're poor. Help me. I'm poor. Real. So just to, just for our listeners, um, we I mean, I I did the research. Nikki and Destiny didn't know basically anything about this until we talked about it. And and I had brought up to them. This is a hard case. This is hard. And we talked about if we wanted to do something this serious as our first episode. Um, so that was the conversation that we had had. And I don't like talking about it. I I feel like in my true crime research, I, you know, I know that that um, Mike Boudet did an episode on this in Sword and Scale, and I wanted to know that they got what they deserved out of it. I didn't want to think about Olivia and Nathan. And don't get me wrong, trust and believe, I cried when I started getting the details of this. I was reading the police like statement i don't know where in the timeline as far as like the court case and everything you know to when they got there and interviewed them but i was reading the like police statement on this and like a lot of these details are from that like i mean it this this is this is rough this is hard but this is this is the world we live in you know we live with people that murder their family over however much amount of money it was you know murder money probably no money let's be probably probably like four hundred dollars maybe right that's the thing is like i know that it's frustrating when you loan someone money and they don't pay you back like i totally that's valid especially if you've loaned them a large amount right or given them a large amount and they don't they don't want to do anything to repay that or reciprocate but to kill your yeah. own family your like, brother and his your, ch- your niece and nephew don't agree with you your brother because he you know quote unquote owes you 40k 
his children that are five yeah. and three years old. Your like, niece and nephew. This is just another level of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I don't know what her if she has any diagnosis or anything, but this that's just. I don't think she lot. did. I don't think there was any diagnosis for her or Joe. And but that to make also, even if she did have some kind of diagnosis, it's not me, an excuse. Children is a no go on every mm-hmm. no, level. Absolutely, or, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, I'm curious as to like what what has to go on in your mind to yeah to get to this point. You know what I mean? Like, or what has to not be there? Their niece and nephew. I, my yeah, question is, what has to not be in your brain? Because obviously, um, if you think about it, for you and right for you for for the three of us, there is something stopping us. So clearly, there's yeah. not whatever needed to be there to stop them from doing it. Conscience, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. So I mean, right, whether um, it's conscience yeah. or like willpower, like some, I think what happens sometimes is they just people just kind of give up that, like, yeah they just let it go and maybe their mental health is so unstable or something where they just yeah but i mean i definitely think mental health is a part uh, absolutely snap like that or make decisions like that or oh 100 whatever it is yeah yeah obviously they're not okay murderer, yeah. 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 yeah obviously yeah. they're not okay i'm gonna kill my whole family like mm-hmm. so, so yeah the last mm-hmm. one to be killed is three-year-old Nathan. So Joe had said that after killing Olivia, he had looked to three-year-old Nathan, who had picked up the batteries out of the phone that had been thrown. Um, Joe stated in interrogation that little Nathan had held up the batteries in one hand and gave them to Joe. And Joe's words were, quote, the look of complete comprehension as if he understood. And then he killed Nathan. I mean, this child was probably looking him in the eye when this happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little surprised. looking right to him for help, but also... I mean, I don't think At Nathan. The same time. I don't think he was looking to him. I, I feel like there is a level. So I'm a very spiritual person. Souls, ghosts, yeah. spirits, all of that. And I yeah. feel like Nathan's soul knew that it was his time. So, I mean, at least it's not. Nathan was terrified. He was screaming. He was crying. Yeah. He was yeah. Nathan wasn't crying. He, according to Joe, because that's all we have is according to Joe, and I, it's not talked about where Michelle is. I don't know if Michelle is standing in the same room. I don't know if she left. I, like I, I don't know. Joe did all. She of She probably that. did leave because she's a wuss. I mean, I'm a wuss. She's clearly a coward because she doesn't know how to handle her business like a freaking adult. For real. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So Joe then stated in interrogation that he killed the children because, quote, I didn't want them to turn us in. He said it three times. I didn't want them to turn us in. I didn't want them to turn us in. I didn't want them to turn us in. In the interrogation room. Because kids have no filter. That's why. Kids have no filter at that age. They don't know how how they would have ever thought that they were starting to understand the concept of lying. But at the same time, they're still babies. How would they have ever thought they would have gotten away with it regardless? Regardless whether any of them were alive or not. Yeah. So um, this is all December 24th, 2007. So on December 28th, Um, They are both charged with six counts of aggravated murder. So October 16th of 2008, so the following year, um, prosecutors are seeking the death penalty. Good. Yeah. So April 28th, two 
2011. So three years later, it's decided that they are going to be tried separately. Um, January 31st. that long? Yeah. Yeah. So January 31st of 2013, um, the judge basically said that the state cannot seek the death penalty. So a little background. Um, as of... From what I've read, April 2023, since this is in Washington, Governor Jay Inslee um, basically abolished the death penalty. So in Washington state from 1904 to 2010, 78 people in the state of Washington were executed and inmates got to choose either lethal injection or hanging like, okay, as an inmate in Washington, you got to choose whether you wanted lethal injection or lynching. Okay, I didn't know hanging. that that was a thing that they still did the hanging. Yes. Okay, that's crazy. I thought it was always, like, electric chair or... Electric chair was... They stopped doing the electric chair a long time ago. A long time ago. Electric chair, I remember looking at the Ted Bundy case and, like, details of him after because... Everybody wanted to know for some reason after it I was mean, very he not have great. Been in the electric but chair, very not great. A million times worse. Mm-hmm. A million times worse. I mean, you'd be lucky. You would be lucky to die instantly from your neck breaking. Otherwise, you're suffocating. Yeah. But honestly, slow. But honestly, I mean, that's if true with the hanging, it is pretty instant because as soon but as if the, any, your neck breaks, but if anybody deserved it. The man who killed a five-year-old and a three-year-old did. Absolutely. To me, to me, if you commit a crime like this against a child, you're you're just. I'm sorry, you're scum. I yeah, agreed. I have a hard time with that, and I understand yep. that yep. some people yep. can try to turn their life around and whatnot. But for me, it is very hard to forgive yeah. anything like that because yep. you are t- taking advantage of a child mm-hmm. no matter what the crime is you know whether it's you know you're hurting that child in some way or you're killing them you are taking advantage of that child mm-hmm. and that child does not know That's any not better good. yep and most of the time that child probably trusts you or doesn't know you and doesn't know that they shouldn't trust you because they're too young yep just mm-hmm. the innocence mm-hmm. yep like most crimes against children, I don't know the actual hard facts, obviously, but yeah. from all the true crime stuff that we've all listened to and all that stuff, I think it's out there that majority of crimes against children is normally by someone that they know and yeah. somebody that they trust. I would say that that's and because true. I mean, they're so innocent, they wouldn't expect someone, you know, who is de facto their uncle, quote unquote. Yeah, or, um, yeah. I know of a couple of cases from listening to Sword and Scale that were not like there's one that comes to mind. I don't remember. I feel like the girl's name was Alyssa, which is why it sticks in my brain. Um, all of them are. are Yeah, she was like some I want to say she was like 11 or something. I don't know. She had killed one of her like neighborhood kids that was like really little. So she didn't. But that's the thing is children are innocent. They don't they don't they don't know what adults know. And and honestly, would I ever not trust a family member? I was raised with family. Your family is everything. Do I think any of my family members could murder their family? I don't think so. But I mean, did anybody the opposite if you th- oh. I think that there's people in my family who, yeah, who, uh, not in my immediate family. I will just clarify, or like yeah. even, yeah, really close to me that, yeah, but they that's- may have killed some people. I think I'm on the same page with that. Like my immediate family, and even like a lot of people in my extended family would never, never in a million years ever think that they would. But there's definitely people in my family that have made questionable decisions and have done things where it's like i mean questionable decisions versus this is obviously an extended family member that i'm not close with that i'm you know i don't have any you know kind of relationship with 
I'm 99.9% sure that this person has killed somebody, whether it was on purpose or an accident. I don't know about that. You got to tell me about that later. Yeah, I can tell you about it later. I (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm pretty sure. And of course, if they did and people know about it, it's not going to be talked about. This is very extended. Yeah. Extended. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's where I was going to go with that. I have probably some extended, extended as well yeah yeah i would be like oh you yeah i mean people in my family like i have a lot of people in my family that have committed crimes but it's usually like stealing stuff drugs you know that which is not acceptable either but i mean killing someone is on a whole other level level. like a person or especially a child like children yeah yeah there's oh if anybody that i know ever did that i'm sorry like i don't know if i would be able to not like kill them yeah well and imagine being so erica's mom testified and i mean imagine having to talk about obviously people close to michelle were brought into court so like her sister mary was brought into court and she had made the statement that really stuck with me the prosecutor had asked her well I, i think it was actually no it was the prosecutor that had asked her um why didn't you report or why didn't your parents report this statement of her saying that she wanted to kill them to the police? And her words were, I loved her. I didn't think that she would do it because I loved her. And I mean, imagine, I get that. imagine anybody in your family doing yeah. anything as horrible as this being brought up to talk about it. Like, I can't think of a single member of my family that would ever hurt someone or let alone kill someone like that. And having to be brought to the stand to testify either for or against that person, you would have to make that decision first and foremost, and then having to do it. I mean, there's so many cases where... You know, families go up in, like, to back someone up that did something like this. And, you know, they're they're a wonderful person. They're so nice. They're so kind. The, you know, whatever. I don't think I could ever do that. If any member of my family ever did something, ever murdered anybody, let alone children, babies, I'd be like, oh, no, mm-hmm. fuck them. I don't, everything that yeah. I thought about anybody that I ever loved is out the fucking window if you kill another for person, real. let alone children. The children for me is like, those babies didn't yeah, need think, to die. Yeah, doing anything no. to a child that's unacceptable like that, I don't know that I could ever nope. forgive that. There's no coming back. Yeah. No, not no, at all. Uh, and that's the thing too is like, this is a subject I definitely want to touch on in, in an episode at some point is, you know, crimes against children and the unacceptable level of yeah. repeat offenders. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll have to dive more into that. And in we could have a whole episode about that for sure. Oh, I could have 10 episodes about it because it really. I could talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things yeah. that is really like it's really hard to talk about those kinds of things. It's really hard. It's hard to talk about children that are abused in any sense, sexual, physical, emotional, whatever it is. That's a really hard topic to talk about. No doubt. It's our innocent. It's our future. It's their, and these are everything. And, and we will post pictures of Wayne, Judy, um, Scott and Erica, as well as Olivia and Nathan. Yeah. I'm sorry, those fucking babies were so cute. Oh my god, mm-hmm. little Nathan. Every time I see his little face, he was so cute. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think I ever will get it. I don't either. See, like my family, we may have isu- issues within the family. Like everybody, family, everyone's family has issues. Every family has. A different dynamic and of course you know like we're saying extended family members might yeah. be questionable or whatever mm-hmm. but i can tell you my family's been we've been through some some shit, shit. my yeah. childhood was my childhood was rough my extended family members had a rough childhood 
And I'm I'm not saying I don't want anyone to feel bad for us or anything like that, but I can tell you we have each other's back, mm-hmm. period. Yep. My siblings and I would literally die for each other. Yep. My cousins, the same thing. Like we weren't brought up as a close-knit family because of how chaotic and all the things we went through mm-hmm. were. But I can tell you as adults, you fuck with one of us. You, you fuck, fuck with, with all, all of us. us. And I can yep. tell you, yes, I'm not saying it's okay to ever harm another person, but sometimes if someone were to do something to, t- to me, I can guarantee you every single person in my family, especially my siblings and my cousins, they're all going to be right there behind me or in front of me fighting those I- battles right along with me. So oh, I can't hi. Even, like, your BFF bestie. I could see your sister yeah. messing somebody up pretty Oh, much. Roxana. Oh, my sisters, Roxana. <laughs> Roxana, I love you. She don't fuck around. <laughs> Her, one of her no. favorites. I don't ever want to be out. on her bad side. <laughs> that is not no, a side no. I ever want to be on. No, thank you. She, so, not even, no questions asked. She's like, I'm there. Who do I got to fuck up? Who do I got to fuck up? That's Roxana. Yeah. So, I mean, timeline, big picture. Both Joe and Michelle were convicted on six counts. Of the aggravated murder. So one of the things that I thought was interesting was that really Michelle, I guess, question may or may not have actually killed anybody. The only one that is in question is who killed Scott. The timeline, um, so the January 31st, 2013, the state basically says they can't seek the death penalty. On September 5th, 2013, the Supreme Court votes no death penalty. And I don't, I I think that was on this particular case, but I'm not too sure. Um, This, I, I wrote this statement because it wasn't entirely clear, and maybe it'll be clear reading it out loud. January 31st of 2014, so a whole year later, the judge rules if the state fails to amend the charges, there are insufficient mitigating circumstances to merit leniency uh, basically, life in prison instead of death. He would entertain a motion from Joseph to plead guilty with no death penalty. That statement doesn't make any more they sense would to me. Entertain the idea of that, right? But like, if the state fails to amend the charges, I wrote a word and I can't read it. There are insufficient mitigating circumstances to merit leniency. So just that insufficient mitigating circumstances to merit leniency. Um, Yeah, I I agree with that statement with Joe specifically, um, because all of these details that I read out, the majority, if not all of them, are from Joe when he was interrogated when they found the bodies and he and Michelle had come back. So... Yeah, absolutely. My personal opinion, Joseph McEnroe should have gotten the death penalty. He killed those kids. Michelle didn't. He killed those kids. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. I agree. Admittedly so. Yeah. yeah, Admittedly so. Yeah. So February 11th, 2014. Now, mind you, like a year between most of these things has happened. So this happened in 2007. So 2014, court is still happening. Um, 2014, Governor Jay Inslee says no one will be executed while he is in office. That's what he said. Um, It's not until 2015 that Joseph's trial begins. And March of 2015... Jury finds Michelle guilty of six counts of av- aggravated murder. And then May of 20 May 13th of 2015, she's sentenced to life in prison and eight to four vote against the death penalty. So they were they were trying to get the death penalty against her, and by an eight to four vote, they didn't. 
See, I don't know if I would think that she should get the death penalty because she didn't actually commit, except for maybe the one, all the murders, but she definitely deserves life in prison. She's the mastermind behind it. She's the one that convinced her. But that's the thing is, like, we're taking somebody's word for it. Right. And all we have is Michelle and Joe's word for it. Yeah. That's all we have says oh michelle was the mastermind it could very well be that she wasn't you know what i mean no i believe Mm -hmm. she is yeah i mean i do believe she is i don't think Um, joe had anything against her family yeah what would joe have against them like that's not his family they they wanted to charge them rent and maybe 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 that that scott owed michelle money which in some ways I guess you could say that Scott owed him money. You know, I mean, if it yeah. were if it were me and yeah. my husband, if someone owed my husband money, if it was like a large sum of money, like 40k, first and foremost I would say no, but second, if I did say yes, I would be up my husband's ass about trying to get that money back. And it would be money that was owed I'm telling you right now, if I let anybody four thousand dollars, I wouldn't even be married anymore. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> joke. Be like, um, nope. He'd be like, "Who are you loaning this money to?" Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What, on that note, he wouldn't ask. He wouldn't even ask questions. He would be like, "Go get our fucking money, or we're getting divorced." Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it would, so it wouldn't even happen. So January twentieth of two thousand fifteen is when Joseph's trial begins for the testimony. And I feel like I got them mixed up potentially. Thanks, alcohol. It's great. Um, (laughs) So March of 20... I need to open my third drink. Hold on. Okay. So I think Joseph and, and... for our listeners, I'm sorry. This was the first real case that I, that I did research and take, took notes on. Um, so it's kind of messy. Now I know. Next time it won't be. I apologize. So Joe McEnroe was sentenced first, based on my notes that I can see. Um, so May 13th, I believe it was, Joe was sentenced to life in prison. Because January 25th of 2016, eight years later, after this incident occurred... It was the opening statements for Michelle. Um, so March 2nd of 2016, jurors began deliberating. March 4th, two days later, Anderson is convicted of six counts of aggravated, avri- wow, aggravated murder. And <laughs> April 21st of 2016, she is sentenced to life in prison. So... I think that the political aspect of Washington state had a very big part to play in this with governor Inslee saying in 2014 that no one is going to be executed while he's in office, which is commendable. However, (laughs) if anybody in my personal opinion was going to get sentenced to the death penalty, it would be Joe McEnroe. Absolutely. So yeah, this was a a Did very this is a very dark case to talk about as our first episode. However, it was a local case. It was in the state of Washington yeah. where we're at. And I feel like it's is it, in, is it Snohomish County is where Carnation's at? I, I don't know. It, they were tried in the court of King mm-hmm. County. Maybe I'm it is pretty King sure, County. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's King County because it's a hop, skip, and a jump from Issaquah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it could be borderline Snohomish King County. But that's King County. Because it's, yeah, it's like, it's like Issaquah, North Bend, Fall City, Carnation. Okay, so Carnation yeah. is um, east of Redmond and Bellevue. Uh, it is mm-hmm. south of Stillwater. And it's for those of you that don't know, it these are very common names for us Washingtonians. <laughs> um, yeah, we have very odd names. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so odd. it is King County. I just looked it up. Yeah, and 
Um, King County is where Seattle is located. For those of you who, yes. King County, uh, if I remember correctly, is like the largest county in Washington. Yes. State, it is. If I remember so Carnation is probably forty-five minutes to an hour um, east of Seattle. It says it's uh, fifty minutes from where I live, which is about twenty minutes south of downtown. So yeah, yeah. 20, 30 yeah, because it's like over here, and Seattle's like here. It's like this way. Yeah, yeah. I've been there like no, once. I think. Yeah, <laughs> you say I it's a lot here. Of time in that area as a kid, because that's the area I grew up in yeah. as a kid. Is in that south, yeah, what yeah. southeast? I believe it is southeast area. It's yeah. like northeast. The, it's tech, sort of northeast. Yeah, Because yeah. I I grew up in like Bellevue, Issaquah, North Bend, like that mm-hmm. whole area. So I'm pretty yeah. familiar with with carnation mm. and it, it's a beautiful little town it really is i mean the pictures of the anderson property are i feel like what you think of when you think of living in washington you have land and it there's trees there's woods there's grass everything is green yeah. everything is alive yeah, yeah it's that that's yeah. The, looking at the pictures of their property i was like oh i would kill to live there <laughs> Right, must be nice. And yeah, I feel like this case, when I first listened to it on Sword and Scale, and I remembered that I listened to it on Sword and Scale, I have a really bad memory. But Joseph McEnroe, I highly recommend going and listening to just just listening. Give yourself like two minutes of listening to his testimony. He has um, I don't know what the word. It's not a list, but like he says, his R is like. I can't even. Oh, I don't even know. Oh. He, yes, 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 yes. I know you know what I'm talking about? about. You know what I'm talking it's, about? It's yeah, a lisp. it's a list. Is that technically it's a lisp? Type of lisp? I mean, sure. Yeah, okay, it's a, it's a type of lisp. Yeah. And like listening to him talk, and like I said, I have not heard much, if any, of Michelle's testimony. Um, his test, like he, he did also notably. But, oh, he did also notably try to plead insanity. That was a thing that he tried to do, which um, I feel like in my true crime background of research, the insanity plea, I feel like, is used a lot, like a lot more than it should be. I mean, everybody, I feel like, is trying to plead insanity as a way to, in in a way, get out of their conviction or get out of actually getting in trouble for what they did. Like, Joseph McEnroe tried to plead insanity. And I didn't see much as far as the timeline, as far as the court basically saying, like, yeah, no, sorry. You might sound air quote special but you're not you're like a sane human i mean he was convicted of six counts of aggravated murder so obviously that insanity plea didn't get him very far clearly not yeah (laughs) well he's clearly not that kind of insane he's just baby killer insane and he i mean yeah i don't think he was i don't think he was insane to the point where he didn't know what he was doing that's the thing right that's what the insanity plea is like. Yeah. You're so insane that you don't know what you're doing, and it's mm-hmm. almost like you're not fully in control. But mm, I feel like I the insanity plea him. is really a cop out. Yeah, I feel like the insanity plea is a cop out for criminals. Like I feel yeah, like it's like used that. a lot, and maybe we can do an episode on the insanity plea, like doing research on like big cases where they tried it and it didn't work or they tried it and it did work, you know, but it's, I feel like it's used so much more than is actually legitimate. Like people are going to try to yeah, use the and there's probably plea. lots of cases where it is 100% legitimate and they've been diagnosed and, you know, they have all the symptoms and there literally is something wrong with their brain. But you what know. is the definition but as far as the court? People just try to lean on it and take advantage of it. And what is, I think a, g- a good question is, what is the definition as far as the court is concerned of insanity? Mm. Like, what is the yeah. definition of, of insanity to be able, in the legal mm. system, use the insanity plea? That is a good question. I'm going to write that down for later. Mm.
All right, well, I think that this will conclude our episode number two. Um, apologies that this was really hard. This is a really deep, rough, I don't even know the words, case. But triggering. this triggering, negative, sad, freaking sad, those poor babies. And for those of you that don't know, um, since creating this podcast, we have created an Instagram, a TikTok, and a Facebook page. Our um, search term is going to be Crime Convo Podcast. So if you want to look at our socials, that's where we will be posting pictures of the victims. Um, so t- definitely take time to look at that. We do also have a email account. It is crimeconvopodcast at gmail.com. So again, same thing as episode number one. If you have recommendations, if you have you know anything that you want us to do differently or you want us to do the same crime convo podcast at gmail.com is our email you can also message us message us on facebook or instagram uh crime convo podcast is going to be the hook to find all of us um so as we said in our first episode we want to take the time to um acknowledge the victims of this crime Um, and acknowledge that they need the attention that they deserve um, as people that are no longer with us. Um, So I want to take the time to acknowledge Wayne Anderson and Judy Anderson. Uh, Wayne was 60 and Judy was 61. And then we want to honor Scott and Erica Anderson who were both 32 years old. And of course, we're going to honor those beautiful, beautiful babies. Olivia Anderson, who was age five. And Nathan Anderson, who was just age three. So now we're going to have a moment of silence between the three of us who can talk a lot for Wayne, Judy, Scott, Erica, Olivia, and Nathan. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with us through this rough case. Um, And we will hopefully have your ears in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Uh. (laughs) Oh, that was loud.